Hey guys, Victor and Ricks here from Stream of Thought, wanting to let you know that we are not only on iTunes anymore. We've expanded onto Spotify and Stitcher. You can also find us on Podbean. Please, if you listen to our podcast, leave us a rating. We would love your feedback. Also, send an email to streamofthoughtpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear anything that you have for us. Thanks for listening. Here we are for another episode of Stream of Thought, and we're back for number 105. 105. And we hit the ground running, because I'm still in Chicago. We managed to get a couple back-to-back episodes, yep. and we just, uh, we, we begin by talking about a uh, little, little bit of fast-moving stuff. A yeah. bit of running going on. So, Ricks and I go running uh, the other night at the same place, same time, and we happened, we didn't even run into each other. And oh! Oh, That God. was so weird. Boo. That would have been funny, though, because I was thinking of you, like, oh. But Ricks was probably like this, and it just never happened. Um, then from a, a fast pace to an even faster pace, yeah. as Victor witnesses Road for the first time. and These it, crazy guys uh, going back and forth on the highway like a bunch of crazy maniacs. Yeah, human psychology, which is kind of, we, we transition a little yeah. bit into people and interacting with yeah interacting with people how people handle themselves do's and don'ts how did people get there what can you do to alleviate a situation the scariness of overly happy people. yeah those people you definitely don't want to be alone <laughs> left alone with them and if they invite you over to their house the answer is definitely no and if they want you to go in the basement yeah Hell Just run no. the other way as Hell fast as you no. can. Hell no. Absolutely. And then finally, a little bit on the future of our, our little studio. Yeah, so this might actually be the last uh, episode we do in this studio, but don't worry, there is more to come. So with that being said, episode number 105, Stream of Thought. We hope you enjoy. <laughs> Weird. I'm telling you, man. This um, this Fitbit has taught me a lot about just how what a restful night's sleep is supposed to look like. And do you still use the sleep cycle too? Not as much. I use its partner, which is Life Cycle, mm-hmm. which is free and it tracks. Oh, Life Cycle, yeah, Life Cycle, it's called, yeah, 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 and tracks where you go and everything that you do, and you can look at how you spent your week and your month and your year, yeah, on what sort of stuff. We spent a lot of time recording podcasts. This past year. <laughs> it's like. It was a, a two-hour two process. I didn't realize, but yeah. And then I'd look at the weekly views, six hours recording podcasts. It wasn't technically that long. Yeah. We did the editing and set up before and after. Yeah, I um, I went running last night because I, have, I haven't been exercising lately. And I can tell your arms look a little smaller. Yesterday, I uh, I was at work, and then... At work, they had, like, a meeting, the district manager or something, so there was, like, leftover pizza and soda, and so I, I had a little... So I didn't go crazy, but I had some pizza, and I drank a Coke, and afterwards, I just felt, like, gross, and uh, so I, I was like, I gotta go for a run, so I get home, and I go for a run. I start my run at, like, 11, and I do my usual run to Glenburg West three times around the lake what and time? the Wait, road. what time was this? 11 11 p.m.? p.m.? Yeah. We may have passed each other. That's our run. I was running. Did you run around the lake? Yeah. The new sidewalk. Yeah. 
was like, what the hell? What, t- used you, to be what time were you there? I was probably there. I started it a, a little before 11, so I got you to Glenbard West at like on. shortly after 11. Because I can tell exactly when I ran. Uh, oh, wow. Yes, it was from about, I was passing Glenbard West at around 11, 11, 15. I was there at that time. What direction were you running around the lake? Clockwise or counterclockwise? Counterclockwise. Do you go... So when I come up to Glenbard West from where I live... We're spending too much time on this. No, no, no. Let's talk about this. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm in front of the school. I go down the street by Beaster. I go through the park, and I go around the finger, and I come back up. Yeah, I took the sidewalk just around, and so it's behind Dushan Field. So oh, you take that little path that it's in between it, the little, football little field bucket. and the and the lake. Yeah, oh. I saw a bunch of people out. There I know, wasn't it weird? And there were people walking their dog at like teenagers. eleven o'clock at you night. You see the teenagers that were out there? Yeah, me of us. There was yeah, there was driving around, listening to music yeah. real fucking loud, hanging out at the park, making a bunch of noise. You know, <laughs> you know, you know they're up to no good, but you just keep on moving by. Wow, that is so crazy, really. Yeah. So we probably because I had my did you see uh, the uh, band on with the light on? Do you see that one? I see him all over the place. He's like a homeless guy that always uh, took like a big thick beard, and he always has his little cart. I think I saw him when I ran like on Sunday or something okay. like that. Uh, but I I did not see him. Last it was night. so weird running at night because I'm trying to make sure I'm not tripping over areas on the sidewalk that are a little bit uneven. But then I get to Glenbard West, and what's great is like I start running through, and there's lights all over the place, and oh, yeah. there's lights in the park. Oh, oh, this is great! And then I get to the side where there aren't any lights, and it's just like jarring because it's so dark. And like there's the uh, it looks like they have like construction horses next to where they're about to put install like benches or something like that. And, like from a distance, I can't really see what it is, and then. I see, like, this figure, but I dismiss it because I'm thinking it's just my eyes. And all of a sudden, it's, like, these people that are walking by. Just coming out of the blackness. Yeah. It's like, are those people? Are those not? I, I yeah. had a couple of those where they were just equal with the shadows. You couldn't yeah. really tell. You could tell maybe something had moved, but then all of a sudden, they're, they're there. Yeah. And so I'm ru- and it was nice running around at night. See, you're, you're way too aware of your surroundings. For me, I'm just so laser-focused in because I'm just trying to keep one foot in front of the next. And yeah. so... I, I do not really pay any attention to anything that's more than 10, 15 feet up in front of me. I make I, sure um, there's no bikes I, or pedestrians. I hear, like, noises it. and stuff. I hear I saw what looked like to be, like, raccoons were running their ass up a tree when they heard me. And then I hear, I like, saw, this... I saw that. I hear yeah. this noise in, the in like, the brush by the lake on the opposite side of the boathouse. And it's like, what does that sound? Because it sounds like it's an animal bigger maybe it was a raccoon but it sounded like a somewhat larger animal not like a deer or anything but it definitely wasn't like a rabbit running through yeah. so i was just like what is this what are these sounds yeah i run with music so i just oh yeah i usually do out. but i didn't i didn't this time i, just, I don't think i, I can feel do like, it without I didn't music feel like it yeah yeah i uh that's a that's a good workout man yeah i did a, i had a horrible time though because how you do what eleven three miles? Or I did whatever? six miles. Six miles. Yeah. Damn. How long did that take you? Uh, I can tell you right now on my watch here. Oh, you have a oh yeah, your janky little forty six minutes and nineteen seconds. Okay. Wow. That's not 
bad at all. Uh, it's my best time is around forty two, forty three minutes. But um, it was way easier running this time. Last time six I did miles. six, last so time I did 10K six miles. It took me like fifty two minutes. I'm just like, what happened? Like, how could this have happened? Like, that was me so last slow. night. Yeah, and it was. I think it was because I was a little bit dehydrated, but also because it was like I think it was warmer outside. But last night was, like, really nice. Isn't it interesting, though? And the thing that I didn't really necessarily believe this until I started, like, tracking my time based off of how my body was doing. So if my body was hydrated, I seemed to have a little less difficulty running and better times. And it actually does seem to matter. Mm -hmm. I didn't believe that hydration really could affect your your end goal performance especially for people who aren't professional athletes right if you're a professional athlete of course every little thing you do to your body is going to have an impact but i feel like for you know joe schmo you and i just typical runners that there wouldn't be that significant of a change but it's it's pretty significant i realized that yesterday when you start getting tired you don't realize well i realize but you don't realize i was aware that uh, when you start getting tired, you tend taking like smaller babies like steps when you're running and it just prolongs the agony. And I was like, Oh shit, I got to lift my knees and lifting your knees doesn't take that much more effort, but the input for lifting your knees is a fraction of what the output is of the results. Like, man, you cover so much more distance. You just put in a little bit extra effort because I feel like hmm. when you get really tired, hmm. the effort that you're putting in is just like keep my body up from falling over. And you're just putting these little steps in, which just make it longer. Yeah. If you just lift your knees a little bit, you can really feel your body go. You can spend. You can feel that your body is spending more time in the air and less time like trudging along the concrete yeah well what's feeling tired for you is it your your uh oxygen supply or is it your legs i think it's just the moving the legs a bunch but if you lift your legs if you lift your knees you're not moving your legs as much you know what i'm saying i I never thought about that actually lift intentionally lifting the knees my my way that i go about it when my legs start feeling tired is that I don't know. I focus on I'm using my arms as kind of okay. equilibrium leverage. So it's I like never thought put, about put that. Be, and I don't know if it actually has an impact. It seems to work for me because I'm able to control the pace at which I'm running because my legs are going to move in concert with my arms. And so if I'm putting muscle into the arms, as yeah. opposed, my legs just seem to come with. Okay. So it could be, it could just be psychological, but I feel like yeah, it, it when I need that extra boost or when my legs are just feeling dead. It's just like, okay, well, I'll use my arms for a little bit and focus yeah. on arm movement. And I love running in the morning, too, because you don't really feel how tired you are or what a workout you did until, like, several hours later. You really feel like you just – your body and your lungs feel really clean. Yeah. Like, man, I had a great run this morning. Um, so last night I did – I ran also because um, I just thought it would help me sleep better. And – uh so I run six miles, I get home, and I stretch, and then take a shower and everything. And I go to bed right away. And then I wake up this morning feeling like, man, I could totally tell that my body was active last mm-hmm. night, and it was great. <laughs> um, but to change it up, I was when I was driving to a rehearsal uh, the other night, I witnessed road rage between two people. Go it on. Was, I mean, it wasn't anything like... It was... It was just like a few seconds long. But I'm seeing this happen in the rearview mirror. 
just the quick jerking motions of each car. Like some guy got had gotten cut off, and then I don't know if he did intentionally or not. And then the other guy swooped into another lane and revved his engine and was about to accelerate. Or he did accelerate, and then the other guy accelerated and cut him off. And then this guy went back, and it was only it only lasted I what I saw maybe like fifteen seconds. But it was, I was, and then they were neck and neck. And Where uh, were you in relationship to them? I was in front of them. Okay, so you were seeing this in your re- yeah. rearview mirror. Okay. And then um, and then I see them, oh I th- then they're next to me and a little bit in front of me, and I can see that they're neck and neck. And I see one guy, they're trying to talk to each other, and I turn, down the, I turn off the music. I'm like, I gotta hear this. I couldn't really hear what they were saying. It didn't sound like they were screaming at each other, but I don't know what was going wow. on. Then one guy went off one way, and another guy went off another way when you when they, there was an exit. But I was really hoping, I was really hoping I would see, like, a bottle get thrown from one car <laughs> to the other. Yeah, that'd be so cool, man. But it's, dude, it's nuts. Like, when you think about road rage, you only think about, like, what you see on TV, like, in movies, or just the concept of it. But when you witness it for, the, for like, the first like time and person. for first hand, yeah. it's like, these people are fucking nuts. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's it's different than just a typical anger. Yeah. I feel like there's sort of a rationale behind flipping someone off if they cut you off. I don't really consider that necessarily road rage. But when you actually use your vehicle mm-hmm. as an instrument to express your rage. Yes. That yes. is something I don't think that I've really ever it witnessed was as very clearly as that. But it for me, that's just scary because you're right. These people are insane. For for those seconds that they're doing yeah. what they're doing, they're insane. They don't care about anything except for like expressing rage. Yeah, and trying it, to it could a, be it could get bad. Expressing it rage, could get bad, and establishing their dominance. Dominance. Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, these people are fucking nuts. Want to be alpha males? Yeah, right. <laughs> and then, um, and then I'm driving, and it was great because shortly after that, I'm driving, driving, driving. Like, I'm just thinking, like, man, that was so crazy. And I started laughing my ass off at something that totally caught me off guard. I had just, um, oh no, did I erase it? Oh no. I'm flipping through my phone trying to find, no, don't tell me I erased it. I did. Anyway, shortly after that, I, uh, I look to my left and I do a double take because I see this thing. It catches me completely off guard. There was this. A van, like a plumber van type of thing. And I'm laughing because it's got a nut sack hanging off of the hitch. Oh <laughs> and it's not it's not the type that's like a metal one that you put into the hitch and it's a metal nut sack. This thing is a straight up just like flesh colored nut sack and it's dangling in the air. And it looked like it was rubber and it's just swaying from side to side, moving around. <laughs> and I was just laughing and laughing and laughing at how great a great stress reliever that was to see that after witnessing the road rage but just like the cheap humor that that has for yeah me. i wonder i wonder if that actually does reduce people's like Dude, angering and anxiety i almost wanted to i almost wanted to roll go next to the van and roll down the window and be like just give him a shout out like dude i love it it's just i want to let you know that the nutsack on the back of your van just gave me a few moments of joy and it's hilarious. Oh Thank my you. Goodness. So have you uh, 
Are you inspired to put a absolutely not? Here's your... the thing. Here's the, I'm surprised that I was laughing at that because I've seen. I haven't seen one like that where it's like, like where it's like a flesh colored like rubber nutsack just dangling back and forth because like, that's what caught me off guard. It was just so funny. I've seen other ones that are like metal and it's just stupid and it brings me a, 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 uh, wants me to bring up just like the stupid stuff that people put on their cars that just are so dumb and cheap and just make me roll my eyes the metal nut sacks are one of them and then the classic uh like the it looks like it's calvin from calvin and Hobbes, like taking a piss and looking over his shoulder like oh all, you know? yes yes I, and I just um anytime i see just a plethora of bumper stickers all over the fucking place is another thing or when someone paints their car and it's clearly they use spray paint and they didn't <laughs> get their car professionally painted i can't say that i've seen a lot of that spray painted cars you can tell that it's spray painted because you can see on the surface of the of the car there's texture believe that people are doing it i how often do you or just roll paint no not all the time but when you see it it's it's just so weird i don't think i've ever seen that before that's what i was saying yeah yeah you'll know you'll know when you see it you'll know because it's not smooth it's not smoothed over. It's not professionally done. You can tell someone just rolled it on or spray painted. Yeah, pr- spray painted it on. See, I'm not a fan of uh, any ideological uh, car paraphernalia. Okay, like stickers that are politics or religious okay. or whatever. Um, yeah, it's like there's. I mean, you're gonna piss off someone. Yeah, and you know that. And it's like I'm. You know, my opinion is the most important thing on the road, and so you know put that on my car it's just there's no there there's nothing good that will come you can't see it so it's not like you're looking at yeah. it but you know everyone else is looking at it so it's not it's it's about feeding your own yeah. sense of you know whatever it is that you want to to feel or what about um like honor roll student i'm like looking at this thing I'm like really like how old's your kid now 30 because based on this bumper sticker it looks like it's been sitting there for about 20 years well then there are those that you just can't get off that have permanently become a part of the window or um or uh vehicles that have i can't remember what it's called but you always see it on like okay you know the type of cars that are that are like in the needs need for speed video games yes like the sports like the tokyo drift you know type of cars when you see those types of cars and they have, like, the uh, carbon that's attached um, on the bottom and in the front to make it look like it's lower, it sits lower to the ground. Do you know what I'm... I can't remember what it's called. Okay. But I'll you take can, your word for it. You can attach it to your car. And then the idea is you're supposed to affix it to the vehicle so that it becomes one with the vehicle and then, of course, have it painted the same color. Mm. But a lot of times people will attach it and it's, like, the standard, like, stock stock uh sky blue color and it's a completely it's like this looks like you're half-assing this right now <laughs> this is what this looks like to me yeah that's another thing that just makes me shake my head i i wish i was more of a car person i'm just i really have no you'll know that's another thing when you see it you'll know yeah yeah when you see it you'll know i'll be aware i'll have an eye out for it now but I've also never understood the concept of having dice hang from the rearview mirror. My brother actually got pulled over for having dice. Or, uh, yeah, they were Chicago Bears dice that he really? had in his window. And uh, a couple of them were, you can't have stuff hanging on your window. He, of course, he was a Packers fan. So. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think what else. But my favorite thing, though, 
to see is when you see someone driving and their entire car is filled with junk. <laughs> like, what? The, when did this, like, when did this begin? Is, is this like a 10-year process that is just, things have just been accruing? Did you just go crazy one day? And what, and if you pay attention to see, like, what's inside, mm-hmm. it's like random shit, like an, like a, like an old school, like a gopher cage, and then there's just like cardboard, and then there's like an empty McDonald's cup, and like newspaper that clearly has been in your vehicle for a few years because it just looks like it's been getting baked by the sun, and all the coloring is gone. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I may not know much about cars, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think I could ever have it get that crazy in a vehicle. Really, it's just so dumb. But yeah, you, you wonder what what type of people drive those cars. What's their what's their personality type like? Hoarders. That's what it's like. Definitely hoarders. hoarders. I um, sometimes when I see cars and they have like they have rust all over the car, I'm like, how can you let this happen? Yeah, just rust everywhere. And then coming out of the winter. I notice on my car on two sides, I have, like, these little rust spots. And I was like, how did this happen? <laughs> what is going on? It's called salt, man. What the Red hell? Salt. Yeah. What the hell? And then I realized how it happened. It's just, that you say, what strong. the hell? And you just yeah. never get it fixed. But it's like, I don't even know how I'd go about, like, fixing that. Exactly. Most people don't. And so once it starts happening, it's like, oh, well, nothing I can do and about it. It's like, darn. I got to get that fixed because I don't want my car to look like crap. It's like, but the thing is... I mean, my car has gone through at least eight winters, and it never happened before. And well, now it's wear awesome and tear, man. It's getting older. It's getting older. Man, now when it, it's weird to think about that, my car is fifteen years old. Yeah, Gonna I've only had it for like soon. I've only had it for like eight years, but it's fifteen years old and like one hundred and sixty thousand. No, one hundred thirty thirty thousand. Yeah, uh, it's part of the, it's it's part of the era. It's two thousand four, which means it was made in two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a part of that era where people are using have stopped using cassette players. They're using CDs, but the aux cord has not yet come into play. Yeah, so that time period where you're missing some essential yeah. components yeah. that would be compatible with twenty first century technology. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's. Uh, I I have to say, man. That's uh, the fact that you have been able to keep the manual transmission working as well as you have is something that I never tried to learn how to do. Manual transmission terrifies me, but I feel like that's helped with the longevity. I mean, now, I mean, I don't even have to think about it. I don't even, I don't even realize when I'm changing gears. Um, but when I first got my car, I like, I knew how to. I knew how to drive manual transmission. I knew what you were supposed to do and when to do it, but it was awkward, just the movements. Yeah. And when I got my car from CarMax, I'm, like, driving home, and I'm every time I got to a stoplight or a stop sign, I was just like, oh, please don't stall. Please don't stall. When you put it into first gear, please don't stall. Please don't stall. And I don't think I ever did. I somehow miraculously got home. And then I went back to Indianapolis, and... It took me about a month of driving every day for me to forget that I was even changing gears. But it is interesting. It's fun. I like it. Now it's just a natural process. Well, after 
and then I was driving that car for so long, I still drive it, but then I drove my friend's car, which was automatic, and they had they changed the gear where you you grab the lever from the steering the steering column, you know. Okay. And I was driving because I think he was like drunk in the middle of the afternoon when we went to campus, and I get in the car. And it was weird because my body wants to do the things when you're driving a manual transmission. When you start the car, you push in the clutch. Oh, and There's no okay. clutch, so, yeah. like, I'm pushing my... I'm hitting my uh, left leg against, like, they sometimes have, like, that plastic footrest next to the brake, yes. almost. So I'm, like, pushing that as I'm starting the car. It was so weird. And I was like, I've got to put my foot on the brake, start the car... And then I wanted to put my foot on the clutch before changing the gear. Mm-hmm. Again, I was like, wait, no. Okay, reverse. And then the funniest thing was, it was um, really weird when I'd come to a stop sign. And I'd come to a stop sign, and I'd take my foot off the brake, and I'd just chill. And then the car would start moving forward, be like, oh, shit, no. <laughs> because your car's not going to move when you take the foot off the brake okay. at a stop sign and a manual transmission. It just sits there. And so the car would start to move forward. I'm like, oh, shit, no, brake. And then the other thing was when I'd be driving, I'd hear the engine, like, revving up, like, and I'm like, what the hell? Change gears, change gears, change gears, because I can't change it on my own. And so it would change whenever it feel like changing. It just, like, threw me off. So I take it then you're a manual guy for life now. You can't see. No, I can now. So uh, when I drive an automatic car now, it's totally normal it's just that first time driving an automatic after driving a manual for so long but yeah i like the only time that it's annoying is when you're in traffic because you're constantly going in and out in and out of gear in and out in and out of gear you know um but it definitely helps with mile or with uh gas for sure okay absolutely yeah and i i think the overall health of the transmission and everything i don't know anything about cars but i would assume that being able to change gears as opposed to making the car change gears yeah i don't know about that i don't know i don't know how fluid it would be speculation but uh yeah because when i'm on the highway and i'm i'm taking an exit ramp i i let it coast for a i can let it coast for a few miles i don't have to touch the brake i just let it decelerate on its own and the, my car is literally just in neutral, just coasting for a few miles between the time that I have to slow down and then get on the exit, hmm. which is pretty nice. So this could be the last time we record a podcast in the studio together. I guess you're right. Because I don't, I don't know when I'll be back and you're leaving. This will be your last time. Shortly. I'll be leaving... Right now it's the end of July, so I'll be leaving in about two months. Yeah. You have no idea when you're going to be back. I likely won't be back in two months for anything. Wow. So, yeah, that kind of hit me this morning. I was thinking, my goodness, after all the fun we've had in this um, makeshift studio, back when we had the TV up on yeah. the wall... All the cameras. That the piece of red tape is still the, up yep, there from the, when we do self tape. Self Oh, look at that, Michael! The Michael Jordan newspaper from like 1995, <laughs> and the headline says in the sports section, "Thanks for the memories." Yep. Yeah, it's been a solid studio, solid space for sure. 
Never really thought that we'd be able to turn it into what we did, though. This table does look way nicer after you put this cloth, this, it, oh, this yeah. nice uh, cloth over it. We tried to make so many improvements to this room, and I, I just think the irony is we're doing an audio podcast now, know, so none right? of it yeah. matters. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but this is this has been quite an enjoyable studio. It was just enough space for the straight up with all the lights and everything, and guests, and yeah. Yeah, just just big enough. Um, dude, you should try and come back just one time. Just we could do one more. Like even if if it's like yeah, the day come, before come that I'm leaving a, a or, something, weekend like or that. something like that. Yeah, do one more. Well, what? Hurrah. There's actually isn't there a holiday coming? Labor Day. Labor I don't Day know when is September? Like I think it's the first weekend in September. So I know my sister was coming to or planning on coming to Minnesota, but I can just say I'll uh, come to Chicago for. Yeah. Three days or something like that. Yeah, so we should we should try and do one more recap or something like that. But for sure. I, I was just thinking, man, it's uh, it's quite the transformation, and it's funny that we ended where we sort of envisioned when we started, and it kind of, I think it's kind of spiraled out of control. Made a video YouTube. Oh yeah, podcast. The which, rise and fall. The rise and fall. <laughs> the channel getting demonetized. Moving on to the next thing. The rise and fall for sure. Yeah, it's been a solid time. Yeah, we'll definitely have to plan for sure. Let's plan on doing squeezing out one more mm-hmm. before we go close mobile. shop here. Yeah, before we have close up shop and not closing up shop for good. But we're gonna try and figure out how it is that we can do a podcast with people in two different locations and have it not sound like yeah. you're talking to someone on the phone yeah <laughs> that was an start. interesting episode it, i got i liked it i mean i listened to it i thought it was fine but there's something distracting about knowing that there's a person in yes. a different location yes. the illusion or knowing that you're or that uh that it, listening to a phone call you know what i'm saying yeah when it's it feels like there's got to be a little more purpose behind a, a phone call. Like it's not like it's different listening to a phone call for like a few minutes, like when it's a radio segment and someone's calling in. Yes. But like to listen to the phone call for forty-five minutes is just a little weird. <laughs> it's a little weird to say the least. But what? Yeah. So I don't know what what is what has been your favorite uh, part of this whole of podcasting of podcasting of just anything uh i would say definitely the the storytelling like just being able to vent yeah and then also uh just the random random moments of laughter like the last uh episode when when you said something like and Nosferatu or Nostradamus received the message through his antenna <laughs> or again my personal favorite when just the visual that I had when you were describing when you were going to court and uh, you did like the run like you're getting charged up and you're moving your arms like running <laughs> no one knows what I'm talking about on that but uh, just yeah random moments of laughter yeah I, I agree man it's been for me it's just been very cathartic I enjoy just the banter. I feel like too, it's one of those things where we don't we don't talk in person. People don't talk in person enough these days. Like yeah. actually have conversations, go back and forth, change their minds, kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, even if people don't listen to our podcast, which I mean, we have so many listeners, all yeah. the listeners, we have the best listeners. But <laughs> even if 
no one was listening, it's still just a good exercise to do because yeah. you practice listening, you practice active listening, and just having a dialogue, being able, being willing to change. I think after doing this for so long, the podcast, if I ever uh, have the opportunity to like interview someone, I will never interview them ever. In the terms of like lining up questions, never. I only want to hang out and have a conversation. Yeah. I don't care who it is. If there's some questions I have, I'll keep them in mind, but I'm not going to have a legal pad of questions. Like, I will, that format just seems so dated. No, it's just like, it's, I mean, obviously, like the, the, like journalists have a certain structure they have to adhere to, but that I have no interest in doing. Yeah, I have absolutely zero interest in ever interviewing somebody, and that in that format. Yeah, because I I listen back to the straight up episodes where we're interviewing people. The best ones were when it was a conversation, yeah. without any particular just whatever whatever the person yeah. wants to talk about. If you're able to find some sort of connection or something to sort of bounce back, it starts a dialogue, yeah. and you can get some really surprising and interesting answers that you wouldn't get from just reading off a list. Or if I happen to meet someone and I do, uh, there is a goal like I need to, uh, um, I need to extract these answers. Like, ask the questions, but not be so to the point with it. Still make <laughs> it feel like a conversation. Of course, yeah. One of one of the things that I still realize that I have to work on is with my with my ADD all over the place. I'll find my, my myself at times when you're going on on a particular you're, story and suddenly my mind is somewhere else. Dude, that's so you, you you end it and I'm like, uh, uh, uh yeah, totally. <laughs> I totally agree. That's uh, what I did yesterday. Uh, and there's you're going socially off, awkward pause. When you were of, uh, when you were going off about uh, Donald Trump and the whole uh, whatever what it was we were talking about. <laughs> That's what happened to me. I'm just going on. I'm just like not. Li- I'm listening, but oh. I'm not. Li- I'm waiting for you to stop talking. Is what I'm doing. Yeah. I wasn't listening. I'm just waiting for you to stop talking. Which is why near the end of the episode, I was like, I thought like, man, we just like there wasn't really anything interesting until like the second half. But then I was re-listening to things, uh, editing it yesterday, and I was cutting out a few instances. But the part where you're going on and on, it's like, oh, no, this is perfectly normal. But for whatever reason, yesterday, that moment in time, I just I just um, went, zoned went off. Yeah, 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 I just zoned out. Well, and the other thing, too, that I think a podcast <laughs> could be great for anybody because you you have things that you want to say that are in, you know, topics that you want to get to eventually. And sometimes if you're anticipating a longer dialogue, you'll be thinking about, oh, well, here's the next topic. So I'm just going to like, I don't have anything to add to yeah, what they're saying. Yeah. So I'm just going to let them sort of burn out, yeah. burn out their fuel. Yeah. And then <laughs> after, after there's some like yeah. awkward smoke pouring yeah. up, I'll just jump in and, and take, take back control yeah. of the, the conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a garbage fire. Yeah. Especially when, <laughs> when like the person talking, they're going on and on and on. And then they're thinking in their head, like, oh, I can't wait for the other person to say what they have to say. And it's like, okay, yeah. And then a hard left turn. It's like, okay, well, I guess we're done talking about that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's normally what the person is talking has to second guess themselves and think, oh, shoot, was I totally just rambling yeah. on? Yeah. Have to have to correct that. Well, it's, it's interesting because, I mean, you, you've 
only had to deal with this. You haven't had to deal with this recently, meeting new work colleagues, right? No, but I will say um, when I started working at Aldi, it was weird because I had I was working before that. I was working at the Neighborhood Park District, and I was also working at the restaurant. And I had been working there long enough where I felt very, very comfortable. But I remember when I started working at Aldi, I thought, okay, uh, remember this moment, how awkward I feel, and I don't know anything or anyone right now. And I, I tried to remind myself, like, okay, be aware of that moment where you feel very comfortable in and out of work, where you know what's going on and you know everyone. Because all of a sudden, it's like, you go from being really awkward and, and not really know what's going on, and then all of a sudden, it's like, you've been there forever, and you know everyone, you know what you're doing, but I would try to make myself aware of that transition, but it just happened one day, and I was completely unaware of it, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden, like, I've been there now for a little over two years, and there's new people coming in, and I think, like, man, I'm happy I'm not the new person anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I was thinking, too, I did not have that experience starting this new job, because I, I jumped in, and I took the approach, I think, that we've had on on this podcast and stuff that we've done in this realm before is just like be yourself okay so if you don't know something ask but you know learn about people everyone's human everyone is sort of on the same ground when it comes to meeting new people yeah it's like i don't know who this person is i don't know anything about them how like how closed off are they like how much are they willing to tell talk about themselves are they a friendly person yeah are they you know introverted and so i just came out and dude i'm i'm still such an introvert after work or whatever i'll need to decompress for like two hours and just yeah like staring at my phone or something like that just <laughs> zone out and but i find myself doing the same thing that we do here is like oh let's just find something that we can sort of talk yeah. about you know the woman who's training me first day you know learned she listened to podcasts and so started a conversation about just podcasts that we okay. listen to that sort of thing and um <clears throat> i don't know i i feel like there's not that level of um anxiety that i had starting jobs in the past you think it's because of doing the podcast where you're just so ingrained and just saying what's on your mind and just hanging out or like there's some weird variable that you don't understand why that is this time i think life experience too i've gotten to a point where i don't want to say i have an old person mentality but i am who i am and i'm you know i'm i'm a socially awkward kind of person at times but i'm also a friendly person and i'm a good listener so i take into account my strengths and accept my weaknesses that yeah even even if I come off a little awkward at times, <laughs> people still get the vibe that I mean well, that I'm a relatively sincere person. Yeah. And so I think people, if I can accept that, other people can accept that. And so it is interesting because there's there are people who I work with who are more socially awkward than me or just not, <laughs> are not in meeting new people. I don't know if that, they're like that in their personal lives. But yeah. at least as it comes to meeting new people. And so I'm having a conversation. I found myself like... We're not we're not meshing on anything. They're not really revealing anything, and so I'm trying to ask questions to, like, well, what do you what do you like to do that sort of thing? And then they sort of give a one word or a one sentence answer, and then they just stop. It's like, uh, okay. yeah. So I'm like going through my rolodex of interesting questions that could or connections that I could make, but it's yeah, it's a little harder when there's it's. When you when you have to do the heavy lifting, uh-huh. hopefully you haven't had to feel like that I've had, too I've often. had that I've had that experience before where uh, I'm like trying to talk to 
someone and uh, it's like, oh, yeah, so, um, you know, how is it that you, you know, when I was doing the film for Columbia College, I'm talking to, like, one of the sound guys. I'm like, oh, yeah, so are you, you know, are you a student here? I said, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, uh, you know, how do you know, how do you know Chris? How do you know the director? Oh, we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm just going to stand over here. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how it feels. Because it's like, well, it doesn't feel like they're very interested in the conversation. But it could be that they're just, they don't know how to interact with new yeah. people. I mean, that that could be part of it as well. But, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's always an adventure. It's it's exhausting, though. Yeah, Being so, it definitely can, can be. Can drain, especially if you're the one who has to make the moves. So I, speak. um, sometimes when I'm dealing with like people or just like at a party or whatever, sometimes it gets to the point where it's like, I just don't want to talk to anyone. And I don't care if people think I'm being an ass, if I don't want to talk, not that I'm being at a party and like, I don't want to talk to anybody, but I'm sure like, if you go to a party and just like, you're, you've ex- already expended all of your energy in whatever social thing you have to do. And now you're going to take the train home or you're going, you know, with your friends to a restaurant just to decompress or whatever it is. But I can't stand being in a situation where I need to uphold being social in order to adhere to uh, this social policy of being polite when I just don't have the energy. Yeah. Yeah. I just need to be alone, but I can't because I'm in an environment or I'm in a situation where I'm expected to uh, present a certain level of energy, but I just don't have it anymore. Yes. I don't have it anymore. Yes. And especially somebody like you who I, I don't think I've ever seen to the point of total exhaustion or no. just whatever. Like, I'm sure internally you felt that. But, yeah, it's because if you're not acting that way, people, well, what's wrong? Yeah. What's what's going on? Oh, Yeah. Hey, you want to talk? What's about wrong it? is you're in my face. Shut the fuck up, you know, <laughs> like, like yeah. get out of here. Yeah. So there, there's an element of illusion, and yeah, it's it's interesting because especially when you have extended periods of you know there's a work party or something like that that you have to go to. It's like, I'm with these people all fucking day. <laughs> Just need space to myself, but I'm here, polite. We're all supposed to be, you know, having a social time. But another thing I can't stand it's like on a similar level, not in a, um. But when you're in a situation and you're with people and they're talking and they're just talking about nonsense, it's just like stupid stuff. It's just talking to talk. And I almost want to just like scream at someone, shut the fuck up, shut the fuck up. But uh, you know what's going to happen? Everyone's going to pause. Everyone's going to look at look at you <laughs> I wonder and why think you're that. the problem. Yeah, no, course. you guys are just a bunch of idiots. <laughs> Listen to yourselves. Shut up. See, my my pet peeve is the chronic complainers. And again, I don't think that it's done maliciously. People who just, how they have a conversation is they complain about things. I don't know if you know those type of people. Yeah. But even in sort of intermediary periods where it's only a five minute or ten minute conversation, it just, it's so draining because it's so negative. It's like, but that's how they communicate and they don't really think anything of it. But no, because that's of, their default. There's, so they don't have default. anything else to that to find, to compare it to. But it just it gives a vibe of just somebody who's kind of negative. It's like I don't really want to be around this type yeah. of person. So, but 
it's interesting too because I'll catch myself sometimes complaining just because it's an area that people can all agree on, you know. But there's a difference between have, between complaining because you just need a moment to vent, yeah, and complaining because you want other people to feel sorry for you. Yes, those are two very different. There's difference between like I'm complaining because I just have something to get off my chest versus I'm complaining because I need people's attention. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting because even I would I would break down the subcategory of people complaining to get something off their chest as people complaining about everything because they it just everything bothers them and other people who occasionally need to get something off their chest or just state yeah because at work like everyone or not I should say I definitely will complain about things sometimes but it's it's you, it's you done yes. in a moment of passing yes like this sucks or like fuck I just suck this customer they're such an asshole uh-huh. um, and then usually that will lead to something. Where it's like, oh, I hate when this happens. I hate when this happens. But it's not like complaining, complaining. It's more so like we're pointing out these little things that we can't stand that we're laughing at. And But then there's there's one person at work who's just always complaining about like every – it seems like everything. It seems like she's in a uh, sour mood, you know, it seems like more often than not. It's like, this sucks. Uh, it's like, shut up. Mm-hmm. Like – I like you, but just shut up, please. Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of the time when people are dealing with crap, like, yeah, you deal with crap. Like, we all deal with it. You're just choosing to just dwell on it. So just please just stop mentioning this. And then there's one person in particular who has never, in the two years that she's been there, has not complained about one thing mm. ever. If there's something she doesn't want to do, they'll... Like, it's a, it's a rare. She'll just do something. But then when you ask her to do something she doesn't want to do, she'll, there'll be a moment where she's like, uh, okay. And that's rare when that happens, when you can tell that she doesn't want to do something. Mm-hmm. But she's never, ever complained or badmouthed anyone ever, which I think is very surprising. And I, I'm sure that I, I, would, I would assume that she gets sick less, that she's... Like seems happier oh, with her life. Oh, I don't know. Like, she's. Uh, it's funny because she is a very neutral personality. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, the vanilla. So the vanilla personality. Y- uh, yeah, a little bit. She has a very neutral uh, personality, but yeah, I mean, she never ever complains. And then there's one guy who never complains, but he's always like upbeat. Like, hey, can you do this? Oh yeah, no problem. So it's, like, very refreshing to be around him because yeah, anything you ask him to do, he's like, okay, yeah, I got it. I, yeah. So here's the thing, and I was actually thinking about this a little while back. Upbeat people who are consistently a little, just a little bit higher than everyone else in being positive and mm-hmm. being whatever, assertive, um, those people scare me, actually. They but scare he, me as much as negative people. He's not... He's not like a supercharged upbeat. Yeah. He's just a, a bit above neutral where, um, you know, when you ask him to do something, he'd be like, oh, yeah, no problem. But he's not like, oh, yeah, I got it. Like, he's not forcing energy out. Okay. He's, being, he's totally being himself. And okay. his standard way of being is just approach things with positivity and, and gratefulness. Okay. But he's not like that level where... Dude, you're a little too happy. Like, he's not 
Yeah, because those people, those people who just have that heightened sense of yeah. just like aggressive positivity, yeah, is, it scares me because normally it's a front. A lot of times, yeah. you can tell the genuine versus the inauthentic. Yeah, and so when they're sort of forcing it. I feel like a lot of times they're covering up something a lot deeper and darker. It's the type of person so, like, I don't want to be alone snap. with you. Yeah. Like, There's the potential be- of both being trapped in a conversation with them where you're like, oh my God, like, uh, you know, how do I match this positivity? Because you feel that kind of pressure to be at that, that level of like, oh, yeah, like there's, totally, man. There's one woman in our uh, store who's a customer who's like that. She's just, it's just a little, oh my gosh, this is actually really funny. So, uh, I was once, um, like, I was doing something, and she was telling the manager, like, I just want to tell you guys, you know, you guys do such a great job. I'm so appreciative of everything you do. You guys do, it's so great. And I think, uh, I think Karen or someone was, like, trying to get my attention to deflect her. Like, hey, did you hear that, Victor? What? She says we're great, yeah. And then, like, to get me to engage her <laughs> yeah. so she can, like, just take a walk, you know? Uh, but she's like, oh, you're, and just like, you're so wonderful, and I know you work so hard in this and that. And I'm like, uh, cool. You only need to say that, like, two or three times. This ongoing several minutes that have been passing are completely unnecessary. <laughs> but thank you. I'm going to go walk this way now. And... Um, I heard her one time, too. Uh, I think she's a little... I think she's a little too hard on the on the Jesus train. Because I heard her one time talking to another customer while I was, like, filling produce. And if you love Jesus and God, that's great. That's awesome. But, like, have a little bit of yourself left in your life. Meaning, you know, she was talking to this person like, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to pray for you, and I just want this and that. And it's just like, just take, you know, you got your foot on the gas, and that's great. Just take it off just a little bit. <laughs> you don't just need to be going bit. 90 in a 65. Yeah, exactly. You don't even need to go 90 in a 65. There is a time and a place for going 90. Yes. Here is not one of them. <laughs> and um, and then the glass spilled in, in an aisle, and she took it upon herself. Like, I'm cleaning it up, and there's caution signs any competent adult can realize just to walk around the area and she's like every person that was coming in she's standing by the entrance they're not paying attention they're just walking in they see the signs and all of a sudden an arm would go out like oh be careful there's glass over there yeah darling you might want to go there like for 15 or 20 minutes she's taking it upon herself to stop every customer that walks in tell them be careful there's glass and to try and redirect them it, uh, yeah, I think like I think like a a, bo- a bottle of wine fell. Just be really careful, bitch. There's three yellow signs, <laughs> and I'm cleaning this up. Like it's clear that there is a mess, and to be cautious. And we're cleaning up, cleaning up, <clears throat> and then the um, the woman's like, oh, oh, there's some glass right here. Where? Right there. Where? Right there. Oh, that little tiny speck. Yeah, I'm good. I'm not going to bend my my ass over to pick that up. And uh, oh, you know, you know, people with sandals on. Well, at least they're not barefoot, so I think everything is okay. Like I'm not bending my ass over to pick up a tiny little speck of glass. 
it's fine. You step on it, it's gonna your skin's gonna absorb it, and you're not even gonna realize it's there. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a shard. Okay. But she was just like a little too cuckoo for me. Yeah, yeah. That that's a little odd. That's not normal. Behavior. I told you too about the other guy who I was like ringing up, and he's like, "Do you believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ?" I'm like, "Fuck, <laughs> dude, I'm at work right yeah. now." And if I wasn't, I still wouldn't want to be talking to you about this because you're going too hard. You're going too hard on this. You're going straight for the sale without having, you know, any... Sounds like somebody who just came to Jesus. ...fluid conver- conversation Jesus. with someone. But the thing that bothered me, I think I mentioned this once before, is he immediately went into just bashing all other oh, religions and yes, I remember that, yep, yep. Just I immediately went into bashing everyone else. I'm like, dude, you've lost all credibility. Get the fuck out of here. Yes, seriously. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting because... In my in my fear of the upbeat person, I, it goes back to the snapping thing. Is like, yeah. especially at seminary, because you'd have people who were just perpetually in a good mood, but when they snapped, they snapped. <laughs> That's like I had a total oh, meltdown. Shit! Like I didn't know that they could do that or yeah. say that or become that person. And so, in my opinion, yeah, I will I will curse and I will express my anger sort of as it comes. I I try not. I try not to let it build up as much yeah. to be anxiety. But I feel like there are certain people who still, and I still have to work in it too, just holding on to it, holding on just, to it, suppress it down how do you, with more yeah, happiness. Like, Weigh yeah, it down yeah. with this I'm happy. What are you talking about? I'm happy. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, it's very difficult to uh, to dissipate that anger Without just, without throwing it out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. if you're super angry or something's bothering you, it's really difficult to take a moment to suppress it and to di- allow it to dissipate rather than um, just take something and throw it across the room or swear at the top of your lungs or what. Yeah, and I think, too, I, I don't ever really deal with this with you. Uh, I know a lot of other people, though can tend to get irritated by small things that really are kind of insignificant, but it just bothers them. And they just need, even if, even if they're doing it healthily and just venting all the time, Mm -hmm. it comes off as lacking perspective of what the really important things are. It's like happiness and health and, and relationships with others tend to be the highest priority and making sure you have food, shelter, et cetera, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, but you know, there's so many things to be grateful for that it's easy to let the stupid things go if you just tell a story about it or yeah. just breathe it out, whatever. But Yeah, I don't know. Perspective. Everyone's on their own journey. Indeed. You had like a dozen messages pop up on your screen. Oh, yeah. Fucking congratulations. Advanced Mac cleaners now upgraded to Mac time. I don't know what happened. I found... You have I, a virus. Though. I figured out a way to um, to remove that soft to remove that uh thing and it was gone for the longest time and then i don't know how it came back but i did some uh, dude i went through some like secret folders that i didn't know existed mm-hmm. on computers folders, found the yeah. code and removed it and then like did this whole thing and it was i was like wow i i felt like a surgeon yes. you know for my com- for my computer and i got rid of whatever it was i but i i don't know how it resurfaced because I don't click on stuff because I don't have stuff that comes up. Yeah. So you think that you downloaded some malware or something? That has to be it. 
because Mac is phenomenal for blocking pop-ups. Like, you do not get pop-ups with a Mac. It just doesn't fucking happen. So I think I downloaded something on accident, and in that was... Sometimes what will happen, too, is that when you restart your computer, it'll respawn a file. So I don't know if you hadn't restarted it in a while. I don't know. Maybe. it's... they they have gotten pretty tricky where, yeah, you can feel like a surgeon getting rid of it to begin with, but they'll embed some extra code or maybe a mirror file somewhere else in another location mm-hmm. that'll respawn the file and some somehow, some way, so that it becomes... That's so crazy that people can figure out how to do that. Like, and so simple, it's, it, You know what it is? Like, viruses, it's crazy, but it's, it's digital life. Like, it's so fucking wild that people can create this and have it do a specific thing or when it gets deleted how it somehow re- repopulate itself somewhere else like mm-hmm. it's so crazy and to think too that most of it is just to create stupid annoying ads yeah really and that there's a whole industry dedicated to innovating in infecting people's computer and just annoying them because no one no one buys stuff when pop-ups appear right yeah as I far mean, as i know maybe the so. people that have their car filled with a bunch of crap those <laughs> yeah, are the same ty- right. those are the same types of people that click uh, on the pop-ups yeah <laughs> you've just won a million dollars click send all of your banking information to the yeah. nigerian yeah, prince yeah, yeah. in somalia yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's pretty wild <laughs> pretty wild so but anyway yep. i think yeah. this uh concludes this hopefully not final yeah. episode in this studio studio 51 yeah <laughs> We'll uh, hopefully get a one last episode in this studio mm-hmm. in a couple months. We'll but until then, we're... it will be back to uh, back to your what, what do they say? Thursdays. No, what do they say? Back to your regularly, regularly scheduled, scheduled broadcast or program. Yeah, so we got a few more. We've got a few more straight up episodes um, from the vault uh, and. Ricks and I will be under pressure to somehow create a uh, a podcast that is a taking virtual place in studio two in different locations. Because the last it. thing we want is to go without anything being published. Oh my goodness! I know. After a hundred and five episodes, yeah, yeah. We so can't we'll have to figure that out. But until next time. Until next time. <laughs>